Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed as nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, listed as uh, by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating sales influencers to follow. In today's episode of Scale Your Sales Podcast, my guest talks about buyer first, starting with Uh, self-awareness first but buyer first is the name of her book that has just launched buyer first grow your business with collaborative selling now this book is really focused on business owners and founders who sell and salespeople have tried everything all the tips tricks and hacks Um, to get more clients, but realize that it's not really working. Now, this is very much based on the 2.3 million sales people that have completed um, questionnaires prior to this. It's a database that both Carol and I access. So this book is really well-founded and will help you to find sales success through changing your mindset and your beliefs um, towards sales. My next guess is author of Buyer First, Grow Your Business with Collaborative Selling. It's just published and you can get a copy on Amazon. She is changing how sales, the sales industry sees itself and how buyers see it too. She has been named as a top sales influencer by LinkedIn and sales hacker and is a sales coach for the Harvard Entrepreneurial MBA program. So please welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Carol Mahoney. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. I I just love their podcast alt because it's so focused on the customer and the buyer experience. So you're speaking my language. <laughs> well, uh, and buyer first, we can see the book in the background. Yes, exactly. Uh, we do speak the same language and, and your T-shirt. It's not about you. What? No, what? Not no, about me. Not about as me. in not about you. <laughs> And it's upside down so that the person who's wearing the shirt, because we all need the reminder that it's not about us. It has to be about, especially in sales, the other person. Yes, exactly. So you've got your book uh, in the background. It's launching right about now. Um, so uh, people, they must go on to um, Amazon. Is that the first or your website, Amazon? Yeah. Well, so yes. you can go to Amazon, um, you could go to Barnes and Noble, but if you go to my website, carolmahoney.com, C-A-R-O-L, don't forget the E, also in Mahoney, um, and you'll click on the books tab and you'll be able to buy it at Amazon or at Barnes and Noble. And I think they'll we'll also have a couple of other links there, depending on your store of preference. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So grow your business with collaborative selling. Mm-hmm. So why that that title? Why this book? We need this book right now. What's changed? Where's the gap? So the biggest gap that I was seeing now, when I started my business over 15 years ago, there was not a sales book for the self-employed business owner or startup founder who had to do the initial sales for their business. And all of, you know, you see all of the other sales books behind me. The majority of them are geared towards either leadership in a company or a manager in a company or a salesperson in a company. 
And selling yourself as a business owner or an entrepreneur is a whole different ballgame because as a salesperson in a company, when you get rejected, it's not about you because it's not your product, it's not your service, it's not your life's work. As a business owner, that emotional involvement and the need to be able to make sales happen is so much more elevated because it is your baby, it is your life's work, it's how you feed yourself and your family. Not as a salesperson, you do the same thing. And so this book is primarily it's a book that I wish I had 15 years ago when I started my business. And when I heard the word sales thought, ew, no, thanks. I'll figure some other way around it because I hated the idea of sales. I hated the pushy, slimy, sleazy sales tactics that <laughs> a decade ago, Daniel Pink wrote in his book to sell as human seven out of 10 of us. When we think of sales, that's what we think of. And it hasn't changed all that much today. And despite the fact that we're spending $70 billion a year in sales training, According to Harvard Business Review, we're still barely in sales organizations, barely busting through 50% of quota attainment. Yet, you know, we have the alphabet soup of processes and methodologies and technologies that we've been trying for decades now, and it hasn't moved the needle. And I think a large part of that has to do with the way that we think about sales to per Daniel's Pink's book, as evidenced in so many salespeople and, and, and entrepreneurs and business owners. I think it's that perception and belief that we had towards sales that is getting in the way of us actually seeing the kinds of success that we should be seeing. So even though we know what we should do and we can do it in those moments, when we're face to face with our buyers and we're facing those objections or having to make that cold call, somehow we don't do it. And it's all because of how we're thinking about the particular task in front of us. So I think that we can transform sales one by basing our practices in science and data, not what we did before, what worked 20 years ago, what's the latest fad trick or hack that we're going to try to, you know, get better sales at. I believe that if we use research-based practices and data to inform what our behaviors need to be, and at the same time, use that same research and data to change our belief system and our mindsets so that we can adopt new habits, new behaviors, and different results with our buyers. So, Buyer First was written for that small business owner, entrepreneur, and individual salespeople that are working remotely who've tried everything but don't understand why it's not working for them the way same way it would work for everyone else. And so this book is going to help them identify what are the mindsets that you need to change? How do you do that so that you can adopt the behaviors and habits that will stick? And then what is the decision science behind how people want to buy a day and how do you engage with them in a way that they're going to find valuable? collaboration is what people value. When we put effort into something, we put more value on that. You look at the research from Gartner, from Forrester, from LinkedIn, and it all says that buyers want salespeople who actively listen, who help them think differently about their problem solutions, tell them something that they didn't already know or hadn't fully considered, and understand them and feel like they understand them. And that all comes through collaboration. Okay. You've given me a lot to dig in there. <laughs> I know. So... Um, talking about the founders uh, rather than the big company, all the books along yours and my um, bookshelf, it's all about, you know, kind of B2B enterprise sales of that level. Don't yeah. you find then, you know, because there's an abundance of that information out there that you tend to get 
smaller company, smaller practices, but they take on the big company and big practices. And, and that's where there's a bit of a disconnect because yeah. there isn't there isn't your book out there, you know, or wasn't before. Um, but there isn't a how do you deliver the big company thinking, even when you're appealing to big companies, but as a small organization, because you may not have an SDR, um, you know, BDR in the whole, it may be just you, as you say, the founder. How do you interpret that method to make sure that you're selling on your critical services and, and, and products so that, you know, there is a there is a gap between those those two. Mm-hmm. So what do you tell without your book? Because we're all going to be running to your book. But how do you because I know you work with a lot of, you know, founders. So do I. But, you know, yeah. How do you start them on the path, get them off the path, the big company path of thinking that's the way to do things? But how do you start them on the path so that they can be data informed, that they can think about sales differently, but they still have to build some kind of a process that works for them, their customer, their market? How do you start them off on that? Well, and the beauty of it is, is that starting as a small business owner or an individual seller, uh, the, the principles and practices that are in buyer first also apply to that salesperson or that in a larger company. Because really what, you know, the, the gap in the larger companies is that they're so far removed from the buyer and the customer that the experience that they have is, is on a chart or a report or a spreadsheet. But it's the ones that are talking to those buyers and customers every day that need their own systems and processes, their personal selling system, if you will, of how they're going to engage with buyers, how they're going to manage their own behaviors. And so that's where this book kind of bridges the gap, where you have all of these other large corporate books that talk about the high level systems and cadences and things like that that you need to do. It tends to fall apart you know, kind of like trickle down economics that doesn't actually work because by the time it gets to the person who needs it on the front lines, it's, you know, morphed into something, it's watered down, it's not something that they can actually apply in their day to day. And so that's one of the, you know, one of the things that I when people buy this book and read it, I want them to understand that the things that are in this book, yes, they're research and data based, but you need to be able to make it your own so that it is you, you when we try to adopt a system or a process that someone else has designed, Um, The challenge is, is that it doesn't account for our tendencies, our strengths, our weaknesses. And so this is really a system to identify what are your strengths and weaknesses. And for organizations and for individual people that I coach, we always go through a data-based assessment, which is through Objective Management Group, which we're licensed partners with. And we use over what is it, 2.3 million salespeople's data over the last 30 years to get a clear understanding of what are the skills that you need to adopt based on your buyer, your market, your selling points, and then what are the mindsets and beliefs that might get in the way or hinder you from being able to execute on those skills once they've learned or that you already know but aren't doing in those moments. So first step is that awareness of what are my specific tendencies And then also with that, what are my specific motivations? What is the thing that's going to put my feet on the floor to actually make a change happen within myself first, because that's the hardest and most important work to do. And then how do I understand what might motivate or drive my buyer to do the exact same thing? So the first step is really that self-awareness, that understanding of your own strengths and tendencies, the goals that are meaningful to you that are going to actually drive you to make those changes, and then adopting the correct behaviors and habits to support both the mindset shift and the skill development. 
Uh, you know, yeah, we use the same kind of data uh, uh, source. So I, I know that's really well. And it, it's a, an incredible foundation. There's nothing in the world like right. it. And it's interesting that you talk about, you know, the awareness, personal awareness first, but mm-hmm. the book's called Buyer First. Yeah. So is that how it's structured in in the book? So, you know, in order to get the buyer first, you need yourself first, really. Yeah. Well, it's the, the old saying, you know, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help someone else put theirs on. And until we address our own biases, our own perceptions, the way that we see things, until we can get a clear understanding of that, you know, it's very difficult to help someone else with something that you're also struggling with. For example, the number one, and you know this, the number one mindset, the most common and most powerful mindset that gets in people's way of selling with their buyers, not to them, is their um, support, what we call the supportive buy cycle. I call it the how you buy is how you sell. If you're someone who does price shopping and comparison and takes forever to make a decision, always feeling like you're worried about making that wrong decision, when you start selling with your buyers and they face those same things, your tendency is to go, oh, I totally understand that you need to think it over because I would do the same thing too. Oh, this price is too expensive for you. Let me give you a 20% discount because you're right. I think it's too expensive too. And so the behaviors and mindsets that we have, we either encourage or are actually causing sometimes in our buyers. And so we have to get our own head straight first before we can, ex- we can clearly see what's happening with our buyers. Excellent. Excellent. So how is selling to a company different from selling your own company, selling in your own company? It comes down to a couple of things. One is the the, the rejection, right? Um, actually, the fear of rejection is one of the uh, least most common, like most professional salespeople know what rejection is. They know that it's not about them. But when you look at a subset of data for entrepreneurs, my hypothesis is, is that the fear of rejection is much greater in entrepreneurs, just in my own observations and work with them, because you know, what if they say no? Uh, what if my product's not good enough? What if my pricing isn't wrong? What if this, what if that, what about? And we have all of these doubts of why they might reject us. And we sometimes build that up in our heads. So it prevents us from even reaching out to people. The other part is, you know, one of the mindsets that we we work with is emotional management or involvement in an, in a sale. And that is your baby. You know, this is how you're feeding your family. Of course, there's going to be emotional involvement. Oh, you have a problem. Let me tell you about how I've spent my life trying to figure out how to solve that problem for you. This is why the t-shirt exists (laughs) to remind us that it's not about us. And then, you know, a need for approval as entrepreneurs, we're we're always putting ourselves out there. We're taking big chances. We're trying new things, maybe things that have never been done before. And just like a child learning to walk and we fall and we stumble and we look to our parents to see our, you know, getting that validation of, are we doing this right? That also happens to us in business ownership and entrepreneurship, because we need to seek validation sometimes because we're always putting ourselves out there. And are we doing the right things? Unfortunately, when we seek that validation from our buyers and they don't give it to us, then it causes this emotional involvement and then it just starts spiraling from there. So, you know, understanding where true validation needs to come from our loved ones, uh, those that we care about in our family and being able to manage our emotions so that we're not tripping over ourselves to talk about everything that we want and like and have worked on and not letting the fear of rejection stop us from reaching out to people. These are things that are unique to entrepreneurship that when you enter a sales role in your business, 
can definitely get in your way to heighten levels that you won't necessarily see in a lot of sales orgs. So how do you stop? We've got the data. We know what it is. Yeah. Um, How do you stop that affecting your your success in in sales? You know, so you've got all of this head trash. We're aware that it exists. Um, You know, how do you block it? How do you find a way through it so that you can sell without layering on your own personal bias? Well, I would say that the very first thing is don't try to block it. First, accept it. You know, if I'm not a therapist, although I've been called a sales therapist by Harvard Business School professors, um, I do know, and I've been to therapy enough that I should probably get a degree. But, you know, the first step in therapy is, is the more that you try to push something down or push it away, the worse it gets. And the bigger more it gets, doesn't it? The bigger it gets, too, right? Yeah. And so don't try to block it. Don't try to push it away. Accept it that it is that it's there and then be curious about it. And so, you know, one of the things that was most important for me in this book and the reason that I did it as a paperback because I want people to write in it. There's actual exercises for you to go through and do and strategies for behavior change based in science of how you can actually change your mind. Like we change our mind every day. Who you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago is not who you are today, which means you have the ability to change. And so why not do it intentionally and consciously towards a better outcome for you and your buyer? So in the book, we offer daily strategies that you can use to manage your emotions. For example, one of the ones that I mentioned throughout the book is meditation. And I mention it so much because it works. It actually rewires our brains. There's a study that was done that uh, they studied, I think, about 200 people and had them do 15 minutes of meditation a day for eight weeks. And then they did MRI scans of their brains and found that it actually changed the parts of their brains having to do with emotional management and decision-making, two of the most important mindsets that we have to be able to do in sales. And so being able to do five, 10, or 15 minutes of meditation a day will help you to sell better with your buyers because of the emotional management. So there are little things that you can do in your daily habits, your morning routines, your workout routines, even what you eat will have an impact on you mentally and physically. Fantastic. And it's, you know, all very practical and doable. You don't have to spend thousands on it. It's all within your control. It's just being able to access that, which is, is beautiful. So what tried and tested strategy would you offer listeners on how to scale their sales? So, and this is the the last part of the book, because the the most important part of all of this is to be able to understand yourself and your buyer in intimate ways and have collaborative conversations with them. But at the end of the book and the exercises that I have people go through is all about documenting your personal processes and systems. And as a business owner, these are things that you need to do so that you can later scale. Like if you want to be able to hire salespeople, Number one, you need to make sure your mindset is clear and focused on sales before you start hiring salespeople because mindsets are actually contagious. That uh, data that I had shared, uh, we did a subset analysis of 500,000 managers and the teams that directly reported to them and found that when managers had non-supportive beliefs around sales, like we were discussing like supportive buy cycle, for example, their team is 355% more likely to have the same beliefs and behaviors. Whereas positive sales beliefs, ones that you have adopted and have practices around, those impact your team at a thousand percent more likely. And of course, they perform better. So 
as a business owner or a salesperson, if you want to get into leadership later, managing your own mindset is key, but then documenting those processes. What is the problem profile for your buyer? How do they recognize it? What do they call it? How do they talk amongst themselves about it? Where do they educate themselves? What's the impact as they see it? This is all information that you can learn intimately in the conversations you have with your buyers. Write it down. <laughs> um, and then the sales process itself is uh, Mark Roberge uh, at Harvard uh, Business School often calls it that our sales processes are inside out. We start with our internal, this is how I'm going to sell. This is how I'm going to position the product. These are the steps that I need to go through. And I want to completely upend that. And instead of starting with your sales process, start with their buying process. And that's something that's going to evolve and change over time. Yes, there's going to be parts and phases to it. It doesn't happen in a linear fashion. And so we need to be sure that our sales process starts first with their buying process documenting that and reiterating it every quarter, every six months, every year, because if the pandemic taught what anything is that things can happen fast and <laughs> completely upend everything. So take that lesson when you're documenting your sales and your processes. It's flexible, but still, if you don't write it down, you don't know where you've been, you won't know where you're going to get to next. And you can't pass it on. You know, there is no process right. or system. And, and you actually, in order to collaborate, you need some skeleton that's in place that everyone attaches themselves to otherwise all you have is is chaos so tell me more about the IKEA effect you know because we've mentioned about collaboration yeah so the uh as I was digging into the research of how people make their buying decisions I can't and I saw the surveys that were coming out that buyers want salespeople who are actively listening and helping them think differently about their problems. And then I saw the research that was in Deb Calvert's book with her co-authors, and they had surveyed over 500 B2B buyers and found that the things that buyers prefer in sellers is when they collaborate with them. And so the, the idea of collaboration actually comes from the Ikea effect, which if you know Ikea, it's that's the store, you put your furniture together yourself, it's a DIY kind of a thing. You expel effort in putting it together. And so what they found in the research study is they compared those that put it together versus those that had something put together for them by an expert and found that those who had put it together themselves placed more value on it than the one that was put together by the expert. So as we go off in our ivory towers to design all of our products and services and then bestow them upon our buyers as subjects and wonder why they don't like them, that's why is because they're like, yeah, you don't, I don't know that you even really understand my world and my problems that this solution is going to work. I think you've miss the boat on a few things here. Buyers actually want the Ikea effect in their sales process. They want you to collaborate with them. And the thing is, is that it's not difficult to do. It's just how you phrase the questions with them, having open-ended sequential questions that dig deeper into layers of issues and problems and solutions is how you can come up with a way to, one, understand what your buyer's world is, but then two, be able to position your solution in a way that appeals to the things that are important to them. Seems simple, but we still seem to skip out on that part. Well, I think because we're so used to um, having questions that lead directly to our, our products we want. as a solution. Exactly. They need to look down on your, your, your T-shirt. And, but that's how this whole sales industry and process has been designed. Yes. And there's a lot, I'm sure you've found this, a lot of resistance and pushback to have that. It's so open-ended that it might not lead to my product or service. And I'm here to sell. You know, I've got quotas in, in, in place. 
space and that's quite dangerous um so the, there's a lot of resistance i'm sure you found that yes and and it's one of the reasons why the next books are going to be aimed at uh you know, scaling your business and then growing your business. Because what I have found, and you've probably seen this as well, is that a lot of times companies are creating the sales problems that they are then trying to solve for. <laughs> That's why, That's I'm why so- we have an enormous sales stack. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they want to fill the holes in the sales process to make it work better. The change the process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's amazing but like you said we've been doing it this way for hundreds of years like you know one of the chapters a part of the chapters in the book is like how did we even get here why is sales so very broken and I don't know if anyone has heard of this but the very first sales methodology that was taught was phrenology which was the forehead measurement of someone and that it was adopted by the Ford Motor Company as the science of selling and they said if you measure the you know look at the size of someone's forehead the larger their forehead the more likely they are to be open to new ideas and things because cars were a brand new thing. Like if if this was the science of selling in 1920s or 10s or whatever it was, then we really can't get much worse, can it? Well, the logic of that, there's more space to fit in more rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) But this is where sales started from, is this is the measurement of someone says, and then, you know, of course you have things like the, the barrier method where you wouldn't, you know, you're not going to sell life insurance to someone if their spouse isn't present. And then of course you're going to say, but of course you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to leave your spouse unprotected and all alone if you weren't around, would you? Now who's going to say, yeah, I don't really care while their spouse is sitting next to them. This Careful is how now. Yeah, I, I sold in uh, financial services. So <laughs> I know that one very well. Oh yes, and but this is where the methodology started from. This is where the perception of sales started from, and we're still trying to shake off that suit. And so, I'm hoping that this this book will help to shake off that suit. Now, I'm sure it will. So, so tell me, who is your hero or shero? Oh my gosh, it's so hard to choose because, and I and I know so many of them. Gosh, you're going to make me pick. Okay. My hero, my hero of late is Lauren Bailey. Um, She has not only is she running uh, one sales training company, um, she's actually running two sales training companies, but then her passion project is for helping more women rise up into sales leadership. And between her and Laurie Richardson, it's always a hard, hard choice for me, but I, I talk about Laurie so much too. And my thing is, the reason Lauren is one of my heroes or sheroes is because, you know, the reason I wrote this book was to change the perception of sales, to change it from the pushy, slimy, sleazy thing that we've all known for so long. And I believe that if we change the perception of sales, we will invite and encourage and appeal to more women to enter sales. I also think that if we have more women in sales, that we will change the perception of sales. So, you know, and so that's kind of why, you know, people like Lauren Bailey and Lori Richardson are my heroes. It's also why 10% of the proceeds of my book are being donated to the Barbara Guillamanco Scholarship Fund so that we can get more women to study sales in college. I think that's how we're going to change the world, honestly. Well, that that's a great, great uh, uh, closing for for now. Just for now. Um, so so let the listeners know how they can get hold of you. 
Definitely on LinkedIn. It's the social media site where I spend the most amount of times. Please, if you've listened to this podcast, message me, tell me what stuck out for you. Uh, that way I know that you're human and not a robot. Um, but also if you go to my website, carolmahoney.com or unboundgrowth.com, uh, any of the forms that you fill out there come directly to me as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to get my hands on your 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 book. Um, it, 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 for those people that uh, need to go to Amazon and um, put in buyer first, make sure you 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 grab grab the book. It's just launched. So thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, Carol. Thank you so much, Janice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the captioned show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.